Good evening and thank you for tuning in to Fire Shut Up My Bones. Wonderful church service this morning. Wonderful church service tonight. It was a blessing to me and I'm ready to rip and roll in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 3. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and 17 I should say. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Let's read it one more time. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Let's pray. Lord, please, I need your help big time. Lord, we're live, so I can't I can't pause stuff and go back if I mess up. So please help me, Father in heaven, uh, to get your point across because I'm using your Bible, Lord. Your Bible is to direct our ways. We're not to direct our ways. We are to allow you to direct our ways because we belong to you. And I need your help. Bless us all tonight. In your name, Jesus' name, we pray, amen. You know, lately, beloved, I, uh, it seems to me that when people disagree with preaching, people that call themselves Christians, when they disagree with preaching, they, they, they are not in the mindset that they're actually disagreeing with God himself. And I'm talking preachers that love the Lord in their Bible. They live it out. They preach exactly, thus saith the Lord from the pulpit, you have some people that have a problem with that. They don't believe what the preacher is saying. They disagree with what the preacher is saying. And when they argue, they're arguing against the preacher and not God. You see, when we go against the preacher that loves the Lord and is preaching, thus said the Lord, you're actually disagreeing with God himself. But these people forget that. They act like what the preacher preached was from his own wisdom, his own philosophy. They think they got it from Dr. Phil. They think they got it from Oprah Winfrey. They think they got it from a philosophy, a book of philosophy. No, no, my friend, a preacher that loves the Lord is going to preach exactly out of the infallible, inspired word of God. They didn't make it up. Uh, they have. They didn't make it up. Some people disagree with not touching the opposite sex before marriage. Uh, as the Bible says, that it's good for men not to touch a woman. They, they, they'll say, well, it's maybe it's saying it's good. It doesn't mean it's bad. The Bible says, whosoever doeth not to do good and doeth it not, it says seven to them. They struggle with Bible verses on tithing, giving 10% of the money that God allows you to have. They struggle with that. They come up with excuses and tell the preacher, well, you know, for inflation's hitting, I'm having trouble tithing. I'm not going to have any money. It's as if they think the preacher came up with that stuff. Spanking. That's a big one today in churches. They'd rather drug the kid. They'd rather listen to stupid Dr. Spock. They'd rather have him on Ritalin. Stuff that messes up your dopamine receptors, causing the kid to be depressed. They'd rather listen to that and not spank the kid. The Bible says that if you love, if you hate your son, you spare the rod on your son. I, 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 you know, I'm not trying to be um, mean about this, but I encountered a situation where some people actually don't think that the Bible means what it means as it pertains to spanking. Guys, 
It's not child abuse. If you're beating your kid for no reason, there's no love. That's that's abuse. But if the kid disobeys, the Bible says you must spank him. And then there's an argument towards the preacher that preaches that and say, well, you know, preacher, I don't think that's what it actually means. I think it's more complex than that. Um, I don't think it means to spank your child with a rod. I, I don't think that the rod drives that foolishness from the child. I don't think it really means that you beat the child while there's still hope. I, I really don't think that means that. I think what it's saying is that the hell is so bad. No, if, if the sentence says the boy walked across the street, I'm not going to say, well, you see, it wasn't really a street. What it was, it was figuratively a different street. No, you take it as biblical value. What it says, you listen to it. You, t you, you, you take the word of God literally. And that's what's upsetting me today because, hey, you know, praise the Lord for the family that I was raised in. I was raised in a God-fearing biblical environment. So I was programmed biblically to, to, to just believe the word of God. Because God, word, uh, uh, God wrote it. If you believe God for salvation, the Bible says, for whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You believe that. Why won't you believe the other things that Jesus wrote? Because you forgot that Jesus, God himself, wrote the Bible through divine inspiration. They, they struggle on spanking. They struggle on capital punishment. Some people will say, some Christians that have been in church all their life, wow, uh, I didn't know the Bible actually mentions that if someone, if, if a murderer murders an innocent person, they must be put to death. I'm not sure if I agree with that. You see, the thing is, there are probably like that. No, God wrote it. Uh, sodomy, homosexuality is disgusting, the Bible says. And that's what brings uh, a curse to any nation. Church attendance. Well, you know, uh, we are the church. And if we get, if we decide to gather together on Facebook, in our homes, in our couches, that's church. And I don't think it means that, Pastor. You see, I think you're, and, and this is how they say, I think your reasoning and your opinion is wrong. Beloved, that pastor is not preaching stuff from his own wisdom. It's from the words of God. You see, what I'm trying to get at is this. Right. Let me, let me continue on. Let me read my introduction before I continue. These people, these people's disagreements are never aimed at God in their mindset. They're mad at the preacher. Uh, it's aimed at the preacher who preaches the word of God as if the preacher made it up. May I remind you that the preacher didn't say it. He's preaching what God said. Thus saith the Lord. I want to preach a sermon entitled, I didn't make it up. I, I try to base my reasoning, how I raise my family, how I conduct myself uh, in, 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 in class, in universities, like straight university, when humanism pops up, when they start saying, you can control your destiny, you can embrace your inner power. I said, no, I can't do anything without the Lord. Uh, with, the Bible says, without me, you can do nothing. I program my steps, my life upon the foundation of the word of God. I will not fall back. I will not compromise. My way of thinking must be laced through with the word of God. Why is that? Because no ordinary man wrote the Bible. God, through divine inspiration, wrote the Bible. Point number one, our wisdom is fallible. You want to know why it's not wise to lean on our own wisdom, man's wisdom? Because it's fallible. It's 
it's, 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 it has room for error, room for error. You can see that all across America today uh, with, with how they discipline kids. They make it worse. They, they, they drug the kid. Uh, they don't discipline the kid. They don't spend time with the kid. Next thing you know, they grow up and they become criminals. Okay. Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. And that's the problem. Well, you know, I think it, your opinion. No, it's not my opinion. God said it. Are you a Christian? If you believe that God created the heaven and the earth, but you don't believe the other verses, my friend, you're forgetting that the word of God is inspired by him. Lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. Every decision, decision about marriage, the even decisions about buying a car, about tithing, about where you will live, is there a church in the area, must be thought upon on the foundation of the word of God. Everything thought out must be biblically based. You say, that's not possible. Yes, it is, because the Bible is applicable to any generation. That's why it says God is your judge throughout the earth and throughout the generations. Why is that? The Bible can can help you in any situation that you're in. And, and um, in all that ways, acknowledge him. And he's not to break your paths. If you acknowledge him, like, okay, what does the Bible say about this? And then the Lord will direct you. The Bible says that he is a lamp unto your feet. The word of God is a lamp unto your feet to guide you uh, in the dark. Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way which seems right unto man. Uh, man, you know, I don't think spanking a child is, is a good idea. Maybe we should approach it this way. And, and no, you're leaning to your own understanding. It seems right to you, but it's not. It's not biblical. But the end of it says, but the end of are the ways of death. Don't take the chance of trying to find your own way. Lean towards the scripture. Because guess what? When you try to find a different way, other than the biblical way, the end of it is death. It doesn't work out. I fear for my Christian brethren that tries to discipline their children outside the commands of the Bible. Because I assure you, my friend, at the age of 18, their children will bring forth embarrassment and sorrow because the end of it is death. What I mean by that is when the whole thing is done, they're going to find out that their decisions were wrong and it's too late. Believe it now that the word of God works. It worked for me. It worked for my parents. It, 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 and it still works. I'm still alive. Amen. It works for my parents. They're still alive. But Tom alone, he went into glory. He, I heard a message the other day that he was preaching. He was 76 years old in that video. And he could say, I am young and now I'm old. Yet if I seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread, he, he went into glory not backing down from the scripture. Dr. Ron Fenwick, who pastored a church out there in Bowie, Maryland for over 30 plus years, he can say it works. His son, Tom Fenwick, looked at that example. As the Bible says uh, in Proverbs 2.20, that thou mayest may walk in the way of good men and keep the paths to righteous. Tom is following the direction of his father. And look at that. He has a beautiful wife that's a Christian that thinks biblical. And now, that, now God bless him with a child. It worked works for them, it's going to work for me. Don't try to find out your own way. Trust God and follow him. Because I'm telling you, you can see examples of people in the Bible following their own way and it didn't work. Uh, but then there are the ways of death. Isaiah 55, 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, 
neither your ways, my ways, saith the Lord. Uh, our, our ways, it might seem to make sense. It might seem noble, but it, it doesn't fit in the mind of God. We're, we're different. We need direction. We're fallible. We're sinners. And we need God to direct us. That's why when you get saved, he, like it says in John 14, he indwells you with the Holy Ghost. He teaches you and brings into remembrance the things that you learn. What's that talking about? The Bible. When you learn the Bible, the Holy Spirit will bring that into remembrance and help you for any situation that you're in. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. God's ways are always higher, always different. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Give. All right. Let me give you an example of your our ways. It might make sense to us, but it's not God's ways. All right. I remember. On my Instagram page, I was posting all kinds of crazy stuff. And one of the things that I don't, I don't post sin on my Instagram, but I post, you know, like some movie scenes, like the SAS, the British Commandos, some Kung Fu, Kung Fu fights. And one of them that I posted was uh, a group of men from a village uh, in a country somewhere. I don't know if it was South America. They were looking for a crocodile that had killed someone. And they were looking for the crocodile to kill this man-eating crocodile. So they found the crocodile and pointed a shotgun to the crocodile's head and pulled the trigger and blew him away. It was very fascinating. You see the crocodile leap in the air. And that's why I watched it. I posted it on my Instagram. And a friend of mine that I used to train with, a fat man, fabulous, fabulous grappler uh, uh, in jiu-jitsu, he said, that doesn't make any sense that they shoot the crocodile. Is that going to prevent the other crocodiles from killing man, he said, "That's what they're designed to do. Um, it's not a crocodile is not going to say, oh man, I need to obey the law. Uh, our friend got the death penalty, right now. Does that seem to make sense? You know, if you really think about it, yeah, it does. He's he he. It, it does make sense. Like, wow, he's right. The crocodile is not going to look. Oh wow, look what happened, right? Right. But the thing is." It's God's way. It is God's way. Well, you say, it's God's way? Yes. Go to Genesis chapter 5, 9 verse 5. It says, it says, And surely your blood of your lives will I require at the hand of every beast will I require it. And at the hand of man, at the hand of every man's brother will I require the life of man. What is it saying? If an animal kills a man, you must kill the animal. That's exactly what this is saying. And there's a reason for that. Whoso sheddeth man's blood by man's by, by man shall his blood be shed, for in the image of God made he man. It's saying that it's a high offense for God's image, which is us. We're made all of the emotions that we have, our image comes from the Lord. We are made in the image of God. So when something kills that in innocent life, God hates that, and therefore you must have the death penalty for both man and beast who takes innocent life. So you're like, wow, that's what the Bible says. Guess what? God inspired Moses to write that. So I must believe it. And guess what? It makes sense to me. Okay. We're made in the image of God. That offends God. Boom. We got to kill the animal. Okay. It makes sense. I agree with that. Uh, uh, and if you don't understand it, agree with it anyway. The biggest reasons here, here are some of the biggest reasons to follow God's word, right? Okay. For those of you that are saved, you, you ask God to save you. You believed. You, you realize, oh man, I'm, a, I'm on my way. I'm going to, uh, um, I'm on my way to hell. I'm a sinner. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, right? 
and then you believed on his name, the Bible says, whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He said, God, save me. Take me home to heaven when I die. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And the Lord saves you. Do you did you know what expense that came about? Your, the wages for your sin is eternal hell. But someone paid for that sin with his very own innocent life. Who was that? Jesus Christ. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, salvation came about through the shedding of Jesus's blood. Jesus's blood is what bought you and paid for your sins. Wash it all away. Therefore, the least you can do serve him. Jesus rose again on the third day. Amen. Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. You better listen. Give your body for sacrifice. Be ready to, to uh, obey the Lord and follow his commands. Holy, acceptable unto God. Which is your reasonable service? You see, the least you can do, it's reasonable for, for, the, for, for Jesus who gave his life for your life to obey him and follow him. That's why we should listen to the word of God and obey it. First uh, Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. Let's turn there. It says, First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. It says, oh, that's 19. Okay, well, let's read 19. What? Know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? See, the, the Holy Ghost is in you when you get saved. Which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. It's not your body. All these idiots. My body, my choice. Oh, please. For ye are bought with a price. Now, that's Jesus' life. Jesus shed his precious blood on the cross for your sins. He covered it with his blood. All of, all of your sins. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. What is that saying? We belong to God. Therefore, we need to listen to the Lord. He owns us. He paid the price for our sins. Uh, another reason to follow the word of God. The author validates the word of God. What does that mean? Guys, the author of this Bible is the ultimate supreme ruler of the universe, God himself. Without anything, without Jesus, nothing will consist, the Bible says. The all, all scripture. Let's go back to our text now. Let's, look, let's break this down. And what I really want to drill in our heads is this. When we disagree with the words of God, you're disagreeing with God. That's what I'm trying to tell you. When a preacher preaches the scripture and applies it to our life accurately through the aiding of the Holy Spirit, and you disagree with that, you're not disagreeing with the preacher. The preacher didn't make it up. He is, you're disagreeing with God himself. It says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Uh, you, it, Bible scholars refer to this as plenary. All of the Bible is divinely uh, given by the Lord. In, inspiration, it means God breathed. It's, a, it's like a musical instrument being dictated by its player. When men wrote the Bible, they didn't write it by their own wisdom. God was the one who miraculously, supernaturally directed the pens of these men. He said, how do you know that? Take, for instance, the book of Genesis. Moses was not there in creation, but yet he wrote the book of Genesis. And Genesis is very accurate according to the archaeologists that we have today. For instance, the worldwide flood. Archaeologists, by the studying the earth, know that there was a worldwide flood. Uh, we know that there were dinosaurs, like uh, as the Bible says, it calls it dragons. We, we, we know that there was a flood. There are fish 
and clams and dinosaurs high in the mountains that are fossilized. How did that happen? Like Moses said, was inspired to write. There was a worldwide um, flood. Okay. Uh, uh, today we're we're referred to as humans. It comes from the Latin root word, which means humus, humus, dirt. Right in the Bible. It, uh, Adam, his name in Hebrew, it translates to red clay. Red clay. Edom. Adam means red clay. Uh, it's accurate. So when look at us today, they call it humans. And look what Moses was inspired to write. Something about men coming from dirt. It's very, very, very accurate. He wasn't there, but yet how does he know that? Because God told him that and he wrote it. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. That is, if you don't take anything away from this Bible verse today, guys, we have to take, uh, for, we have to take an account that this entire book from Genesis to Revelation, from, from verses about spanking, tithing, separation, how to conduct our lives, countries was given by God himself. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. So when you sit there, pastor, or maybe your friend who loves the Lord tries to tell you, man, I disagree with what you said about, um, uh, they call it same-sex marriage. I, I think that's just your opinion. I think you made that up. Now, my friend, that's from God himself. How, are you call, how, how is it that you call yourself a Christian? You got saved. You believe God in salvation. But you're, you're having trouble accepting some of God's words. I can't relate to that. I, I, I don't understand it. And, and it's profitable for doctrine. That's teachings. It, it's very profitable to be in this book because the all-knowing, all-masterful God wrote it for proof. It corrects. It rebukes. <clears throat> it tells you when you're wrong. Like, oh, man, you know what? I, I messed up. I need to obey that. And then it's for correction. When you find out that you messed up, you correct it. Okay? Uh, for instruction and in righteousness. Now, that's very key right there. Uh, how you rear your children. If you want them to turn out right, you have to do it the biblical way. Not the Dr. Spock way. Not the drug your kid way. Not the talk to your kid like he's 20 years old and he's only one years old. Like, uh, did you want to, did you really have to throw the rock through the window? That's nonsense. That's not going to work. If you want to have a uh, have a better life, if you want to get through some troubles in your life, if you're going through them, it says for instruction and in righteousness. The Bible, how, how shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto to the word of God. You want to know how to live right? It's in this book. Who, why is that? God wrote it. Thank God for the Bible. We wouldn't know how to live properly without the word of God. That the man of God may be perfect. Okay, the Bible says that to be perfect like God. Are you going to mess up? Are you going to be perfect? No, but at least you're trying to get to that mark, right? And by doing so, you're better off than just quitting and not doing it at all. A reproof for instruction. For in right now, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished. All right? Furnished. You see, what does that mean? Equipped unto all good works. Guys, you know, some Christians don't know how to do good because they're not equipped. They're not in this book. They're not studying it. They're not reading it. They make so many stupid decisions. We were talking to our dead grandma the other day, right? The Bible talks about don't do necromancy in the book of Deuteronomy. Oh, man. Uh, 
uh, uh, I was doing palm reading. Oh, I was, I was talking to ghosts at the ghost hunter's lodge. Deuteronomy says not to do that. Oh, um, let me see. What's, what's more um, that, that people do? And the, and the word of God says it. But there's all kinds of things out there. They're not equipped to do right because they don't know how to do right because the book that says to do right, they're not even reading, reading it. It's so important. Read it. And not only are, are they not reading it, they're not obeying it. They don't believe it. That's another thing I want to say. They don't believe it. They think it's the pastor making it up and it's his own opinion. I keep saying it over and over and over again. You will never know the goodness of the Lord until you trust him and obey his word. The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. And I'm telling you today that this book, if you listen to it, you will be like, oh, wow, God is so good. You know what they rather listen to? People like Nietzsche. Guys, please. You, did you know he doesn't, he, he didn't even know, he, he did not even believe in the existence of God. He said there is no God. Go with me to, I didn't plan this, but go with me to, to Psalm 5, uh, Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. See, that's the problem. Oh, I, I don't think uh, uh, that actually means to beat your kid with a rod. Um, I think it, 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 there's something deeper in that. It, it doesn't really mean that. I think uh, it's more complex than that. And who to listen to? Someone else that, that says, you know, you should get, let the kid have his own way. Give him some Ritalin and you'd be okay. No, uh, blessed is the man. Happy is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Happy is the man that doesn't listen to these idiots. Right. When they do. Let me let me reiterate. If you do it your own way. By the time it's finished, you will regret it. Proverbs 4, 14, verse 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Guys, I'm the type of person I've always trusted my father, which kind of scared him a bit because he said, oh, man, I noticed that Darren always follows what I do. I better live right. OK, very convicting stuff. But I always trusted him. If my dad said that rifle works, I don't question him. Guess what I do? I, 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 I let him teach me how to use the rifle. And then I'm like, wow, my dad was right. This thing is accurate. I didn't know what to do when I got out of high school. He said, why don't you get into computers? I went to school for computers. Now I'm still in the computer job. And God gave me a computer job. And he's using that to support my wife and two sons. What if I didn't listen to my dad? What if I said, you know what? I'm going to try my own way. Let me try something else. Who knows? I might be struggling by now. That's the same approach with the Lord. Do you really, really want to take a chance? You're, you only have one to, once to live after this judgment. You only have one life. Do you really want to take the chance and ignore God? Do it your own way? And by the time you hit 60 years old, you're like, I should have listened. I should have listened. When it comes to touching a woman and you end up having sex, and, uh, fornication with her, and then you catch a disease because she was a harlot. She was a she was a she was a harlot, like the Bible says. You, you, you mourn at the last when your flesh is consumed because you caught AIDS. You, and then you'll say, "I should have listened. I thought I could kiss her. I thought I could touch her. I thought I could be alone with her. Now I'm now I caught some nasty disease. I should have listened to God Himself from His Word, and now I'm suffering. I should have I, I should have uh, when the Bible says, "Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers." 
I should have married a woman that believed in the word of God, that saved and believed in the word of God. Or for you young ladies, I should have married a man that was saved. And now when he's beating you up or young man, when he when she cheats on you and leaves you, you'll say, I should have listened. I should have listened. Now my son only visits me on the weekends. Oh, how I listened. Do you really want to take that chance? I'm afraid. I, I, the, the way I raise my kids, I'm afraid that if I don't uh, do it God's way, they'll slip into hell. I can't handle that. Do it God's way. And and uh, he'll equip you to, to live right. You, you're the winner. If you stay steadfast, you're going to heaven. He'll bring it to pass. Amen? All right. The author validates the word. Scripture's plenary. All of the word of God is divine. Wow, I spent a lot of time on that point. Okay. It's inspired. Go to verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration. I just said that. But go with me to first, uh, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20. And we're coming to a close. Second Peter. I better get out of this computer room because they're probably wondering who's this guy yelling. I got to go before the police comes. All right. I love this. I remember Brother Tom preached just a while back and it really, really hit home with me. Actually, I was uh, in the Dreamy Boys when he mentioned this. And I know he reiterated it again when I became a teenager. But before I get into it, there, there's a lot of people out there. You, you're kind of shy to tell people you're saved nowadays sometimes. And this is why I say that. You, you meet someone at work. He's your coworker, And the guy goes, oh, I'm a Christian. And you, you kind of cringe like, oh, boy, let me see what he's going to say. And then they'll say stuff like, man, I was watching TV and I heard a voice come from the TV. You need to go to that church down the street. And, or the whole, they heard the toilet seat talking to them and all kinds of nonsense, right? And you can't, honestly, you can't believe it. You just can't. And do some miraculous things happen in people's lives? Yeah, absolutely. But, it, you know, when things like that happen in my life, I, I, I don't tell a lot of people. I'll tell my wife, my parents, and then one of my best friends. That's it. I, I don't tell, because people don't believe me anyway, right? And that's what Peter is saying in... in uh, Second Peter chapter one verse twenty, he said, "For uh, he says, wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of, of these things, though ye know them and be established in the present truth." He's saying, "Okay, what I'm about to tell you is really true. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must. Is this the right one? Yeah." Uh, knowing that, that shortly I must put off this tabernacle, he's talking about his body, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. Okay, listen to this. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables. The Bible's not a fable. I had some idiot tell me that. I blocked him on Facebook. For we have not followed uncunningly devised fables, which we made known unto you, the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we're eyewitnesses of his majesty. So he's saying, hey, um, not only are we preaching truth to you, but we also witnessed Jesus Christ and some of the great things he did. There, he's saying, I'm not lying about this. We, were, we, we, we had front row seats to the glory of God or the glory showing through God because they can't really take his full glory. They'll disintegrate, right? And so they have the glorified body when they go to heaven. For for he for he received from God the Father honor and glory. It's talking about Jesus. When there came such a voice from 
uh, voice to him from the exit glory. So God came from heaven, uh, uh, God's voice came down from heaven and said, hey, this is my son. Listen to him. And he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So they heard God's voice. This is referring to the Mount of Transfiguration when Peter, James and John saw Jesus, a little bit of his glory shine through his earthly flesh. And then they were like, oh, my goodness. And then they, and then they saw Moses and Esau talking to Jesus like it's all cool. That's so amazing, by the way. And they're freaking out. They're like, oh, we need to build a tabernacle from Moses, Esau, and all this kind of stuff. And they saw it. They were nervous. They were afraid. And then they heard God's voice from heaven. This is my son. Hear him. My beloved son, hear him. And now look what he says in 18. And this voice which came from heaven, we heard. He's like, guys, we actually heard this. When we were with him in the holy mount, we also, we, we have also a more. Now listen to this. He's saying, even though we heard it, we saw it. You don't have to take that. He, uh, listen to hearsay. Rather, it's better if you listen to the word of God. In 19, it says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. So when some fruitcake says, I saw a dove come down from heaven and spoke to me. He's an idiot. Just listen to the Bible. You can trust it more than this guy. What if, if he said, if, if that actually happens to them, that's fine. That's between him and God. But you don't have to worry about, is that true or not? Why is that? Because we have also a more sure word of prophecy. We're unto, listen to this now. We're unto ye do well that ye take heed. He's saying it's better for you to listen to the Bible than a person telling you about his miraculous experience. Because it might not be true. It might be a cunningly devised fable. And Peter is, Peter is not lying. He did, he did see Jesus transfigured on the mountain. Okay? Where until you do what? By the way, I remember when Tom was preaching this. If a, in the Bible, I think it's Galatians. If if an angel from heaven or a voice from heaven came to you preaching another gospel, let him be accursed. That's why it's so important to listen and, and memorize scripture. You don't want to be like those guys in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, fall, uh, fall, uh, uh, being tossed to and fro by the slight of men. That's talking about they don't know enough Bible and therefore they're caught by by every wind of doctrine. They believe every foolishness out there because they're not established on the word of God. Where, where until you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day and, and, and the day and the day star rise in your hearts. Now, look at this now. now. Okay, so he's saying, all right, you don't have to listen to us or hearsay. The Bible backs it up. Listen to the Bible. God wrote the Bible. Listen to it. Okay, and then, and then he, he says, you'll do well to listen to it, and, and, and you can be sure about it, and you can be confident in it. Why? Verse 20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. What is that talking about? The Bible was not made by the wisdom of men. It was inspired by God himself. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. That means they didn't come up, let's design a moral book for man and call it the Bible. It never happened. All right? Known this first that no prophecy, uh, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God, not reprobate, sinful, drunkard idiots, but holy men of God, spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. This Bible is miraculous. This Bible is divine. This Bible is God. Uh, I, I'm sorry. This Bible was written by God. That's what I meant to say. I misspoke. This Bible was written by God, inspired by God. Okay. 
So because God wrote the Bible, you can rely on the Bible and you must trust the Bible. Look how God looks at his own word. In Psalm 138, verse 2, I will worship toward the holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. A, the Bible is important. The Bible is important. What can we take away from all this stuff? What I really want us to take from out of all this is uh, we didn't write it. Uh, a good preacher up there that preaches the Bible, he didn't make this stuff up. God was the one throughout a period of 1,500 years inspired men to write the Bible in Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek and preserved it in our English language, right? And, and you know, the Bible is preserved in other languages also for us, for the saints. And we ought to direct our lives according to the things of the Bible. I will promise you this. If you try to do it your way, when it's all said and done, you will regret it because you didn't believe that God inspired the Bible. We didn't make this stuff up. God wrote the Bible. I hope, I hope this is a blessing to you. Let's pray. Oh, in close. Heavenly Father, I pray that we really, really pay attention to your word. Forgive me my sins. I pray if anyone, uh, I pray that if anyone out there is not saved, that they believe on your name, Jesus Christ, and call on you for salvation. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we believe that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.